You're listening to the audio version of Cowboys Beat Tonight. Watch the show live on YouTube and Twitch every Tuesday and Wednesday at 8 p.m. Central Time. Make sure to rate the podcast five stars and subscribe to the show. What's going on, guys? Welcome to Cowboys Beat Tonight for September 13th, 2022. We are live from the Thrive Fantasy Live studio. I just want to thank you guys for showing up tonight. I greatly appreciate that. And today on Cowboys Beat Tonight, we are going to be recapping the Cowboys versus Buccaneers game. We're also going to talk about what the Cowboys are going to do now that Dak Prescott is injured. And we're also going to be going over some reactions or overreactions or not overreactions. So stay tuned for that. We have that coming later. Okay. So before we get into the episode, I just want to say, please make sure to go follow me on all my social media accounts. Cowboys beat on Twitter, TikTok, Twitch, Instagram, YouTube, whatever it may be. Make sure to go follow me over there. I'd greatly appreciate that. We have a merch line, Cowboys beat merch line on bonfire.com. Make sure to go check that out. And we also have a podcast. We're on uh, iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube. We have the visual version of the podcast over there. So go make uh, go make sure to check that out. If you're listening to the audio version of the show, please make sure to uh, leave a five-star review. I would greatly appreciate that. Okay, so Cowboys played the Buccaneers on Sunday night, and we all saw what happened. Offensively, that was a mess. And I'm going to make sure to preference that, that the Cowboys offense did not look good this game because I will not look at this team as a whole and say that they played a bad game because that defense played very well on Sunday. You know that the defense didn't have a single penalty on Sunday night in the first game of the season, not a single penalty against a really good offense. That's outstanding. And if we're going to look at the silver lining of this all, we do know that we're not going to play an offense as good as Tampa Bay pretty much for the rest of the season outside of maybe this Sunday against Cincinnati. But I mean, look, you played the best quarterback you're going to play all season. So take that into account. The Cowboys held them to under 220 yards. So that's something that we have to look at as a positive. But overall, this offense, it's in some trouble, definitely. And we're going to talk about that because we're going to go over both sides of the field. We're going to talk about the offense first. Main problem with the offense is it, it lacked creativity. I mean, you heard Devin White talk to Tampa Bay reporters about this. They knew what was coming. They knew that the Cowboys were not going to commit to the run this game, even though they were making things happen on the ground. Ezekiel Elliott this game had 10 carries for 52 yards. He averaged 5.2 yards per carry. How in the world do you not continue to run the football when you're getting that type of production out of your running back? You know, Zeke looked good the other night. You know, Tony Powered. They had that one play, that one weird reverse play in the first series of the game. It might have been the third play that was called all game, and they decided to do a reverse play to Tony Powered. He loses 10 yards. But other than that, I thought Tony Powered ran the ball pretty well. I mean, he, he wasn't good in pass protection. I, I don't know if you guys saw that, but uh, that was not a pretty sight to see. So, yeah, the offense lacked creativity. It was the same thing as last season. Go back to last season, okay? That Broncos game. This offense hasn't been the same since that Broncos game last year. I understand they beat up on the Falcons. They they, they beat up on, uh, on Washington at the end of last season. Ever since that Broncos game, this offense hasn't been the same. And Vic Fangio was right. He found the blueprint to this offense. It pains me to say that because I was so annoyed when Vic Fangio said that. But he was absolutely right. He found the blueprint on how to stop this offense. This offense is stale. 
they need to make some adjustments to this offense. I understand they just spent an entire training camp implementing their offense, but they need to make some changes to their offense. Or you want to know what's going to happen? If Callan Moore and Mike McCarthy don't make changes to this offense, Sean Payton will, or whoever the head coach next year is going to be, uh, he's going to make adjustments to this offense because they will not be coaching for this team next year if they don't make adjustments. That offense was stale the other night. But it also doesn't help that you don't have the personnel out there to help your quarterback out. I mean, let's be honest. The Cowboys deserved to be that pathetic on offense the other night. When you roll out as your number two receiver, Dennis Houston and Noah Brown, do you expect to make things happen against Tampa Bay? That was going to be a recipe for disaster. Most certainly. But you had a chance if you kept running the football. Go back to that first drive. They were running the football effectively, and then they made some bonehead decisions with their play calling, and it it killed the drive. And they ended up scoring three points on the first possession. But I would say that, you know, after that after that possession, Cowboys offense went straight downhill. I thought they had a strong start, get three points on the board in your first drive of the season against a very good team like Tampa Bay, and then your offense just went downhill. Yeah. I am blaming a lot of this game on both Kellen Moore and Mike McCarthy. Here's the reason why Mike McCarthy gets a lot of the blame for this offense because he's an offensive minded head coach and his offense is struggling. So, I mean, I heard a report from Brian Broadus that Mike McCarthy doesn't even know the terminology to this offense. If that's true, I'm not saying it's true. If that's true, that's inexcusable. That's, that's, that's not good news. That's really bad. That's like Urban Meyer level of incompetence. If Mike McCarthy truly does not know the terminology to this offense, being an offensive-minded head coach, that's Urban Meyer levels of incompetence. I didn't know that Mike McCarthy was that incompetent. If if that's the case, you know, it's just a report. Brian Broadus is very credible, though. He is a credible reporter in the Cowboys space. He does a fantastic job. I'm a big fan of Brian Broadus. Um, they didn't commit to the run like we talked about. Got to commit to the run. I mean, when you have the lack of weapons out on the perimeter that the Cowboys did uh, the other night, you got to make things happen in your run game. And you want to know what? They were making things happen uh, in the run game. Like I said earlier, Ezekiel Elliott, 52 yards on 10 carries, 5.2 yards per carry. I'm, I mean, like, and here's here's my biggest thing with Kellen Moore, right? And this is why I think he's a bad offensive coordinator. And I don't think it's premature to say that. Kellen Moore is a bad offensive coordinator because he's ignorant to his team's strengths. When they, I, I don't know the exact stats, but I'm pretty sure when the Cowboys run the ball more than they throw the ball, Dak Prescott is their quarterback. They've won every single game that Dak Prescott's played. So you go back to last season, right? Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Powered, when those guys got 10 plus carries in a game, they were seven and now. You have the blueprint. The blueprint to winning football is right in front of you. Run the football, Callan Moore. It's right there. You have the blueprint. You are ignorant to your team's strengths. And that's a problem as an offensive coordinator. Another thing that Devin White said, they weren't running the ball through the interior. Why weren't you doing that? You have very good personnel on the interior of that offensive line. Especially now if Jason Peters does come back and plays left tackle and you have Tyler Smith at left guard, who I thought played very well, you know, 
knowing the circumstances. Now you have Tyler Smith at left guard. Tyler Biotic, who had a fantastic game the other night. Tyler, uh, Tyler Biotic, I'm ready to say this, has taken that next step that we wanted him to take. He's taken that next step. So you have Tyler Smith, you have Tyler Biotic, and you have Zach Martin. You have very strong interior offensive linemen. Run the damn football through the interior. Beat their defense up. Why wasn't that the case against Tampa Bay? I understand. And, and this is what I said last week in the preview. You don't run away from a team's strength just because they're good at something. You don't because then you're not keeping the defense honest. Did you hear Devin White in his interview? It was very telling. It was very telling what he said. They did not keep the Tampa Bay Buccaneers honest because they knew that they weren't going to run the ball through the interior because Kellen Moore is scared to death of the interior of that uh, Tampa Bay defensive line. I understand they have Vita Vea, who's maybe the best nose tackle in the entire NFL. He's an outstanding player. You don't run away from a team's strength. That, that's not good for your game plan. It's not something that you should do. So the offense has some things to work out. And now they have Cooper Rush as their quarterback. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that the offense can't get it together. But I'm worried. I do have my worries, especially with Cooper Rush as a quarterback now. It's, it's going to be difficult going forward. The Cowboys are going to be forced to run the football. So, and and one thing, I talked about Tower Biotis here. It, it, like I said, he's taking that next step. I really like what I saw from Tower Biotis there. I mean, it, I understand that Vita Vea was lining up uh, at three tech uh, from time to time to go play against Matt Forniak, go up against Matt Forniak and, and do his thing. But when he was over Tower Biotic, he did a damn good job. Tower Biotic, that is. He looked good in the running game. He was able to get uh, to the second level and make some blocks in the second level. Tower Biotic looked strong. He looked quick. He was fantastic. He was your best offensive lineman on Sunday. There's no doubt about it. And I think that Tower Biotic has taken that next step. So that's that's good news for Cowboys fans. You know, we go back to draft night. Everybody wanted the Cowboys to draft the guy. Not everybody, but there's, there was a lot of people out there that wanted to draft Linderbaum. You know, and 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 Linderbaum might end up being a fantastic center. Odds are that he will. But Tower Biotis looked very good the other night. I, I understand why the Cowboys didn't want to move on from Tower Biotis. He was a bright spot of that offensive line. Um, receivers couldn't get open. They couldn't. I mean, look, it doesn't surprise me. When Dennis Houston and Noah Brown are your second and third receivers, you're going to have a hard time getting open. Because the defense is going to say, hey, these two guys aren't going to do anything. C.D. Lamb can do some things. C.D. Lamb can make some things happen. We are going to give him and Dalton Schultz as much attention as we could possibly give them. And that's what they did. And Dak was trying to force the ball to C.D. from time to time. And it wasn't able to work. It didn't work because they paid him so much attention. And I, I don't think that this is coming from, I, I don't think that this means that CeeDee Lamb can't be the number one wide receiver on this team. I'll talk about that later on in the overreactions, not overreaction. But yeah, the receivers couldn't get open. And that was a problem because Doc, Doc wasn't getting anything going 10, year, 10 yards down the line or 10 yards down the field. And I think another problem that the Cowboys have is they're not a vertical offense, which Maybe that problem gets solved when Michael Gallup comes back. Maybe you can start to stretch the field a little bit. But on Sunday, they they had no verticality in their offense whatsoever. And that's a problem. 
When you can't throw the football down the field on offense, that is a problem. The Cowboys right now, they don't have the personnel to do it. Even when Michael Gallup comes back, if Cooper Rush is still the quarterback, they still won't have the personnel to throw the football down the field because Cooper Rush is not a guy who will be efficient throwing the football down the field. So that's that's something that we need to keep an eye on. Receivers couldn't get open. That's a problem. Uh, the offensive line played well. I, I, I thought they played perfectly fine. I understand that, you know, Shaquille Barrett got to uh, Dak Prescott from time to time. I n- There was one play from Tyler Smith where I, I, I think that he picked up the wrong assignment and Shaquille Barrett pretty much had a beeline towards Dak Prescott. Other than that, that was like maybe the only blunder I saw from Tyler Smith outside of that uh, that false start penalty that, that he had. But I mean, when you look at this offensive line, I mean, like I'm coming out of this game optimistic about the offensive line. I know Terrence Steele had his three pre-snap penalties and he had his holding call. He had four penalties, which was a killer for the Cowboys. But other than that, when you watch Terrence Steele play in this game, Terrence Steele had a good game. Like if we're just looking at his performance when the ball was snapped, he had a good game. And Mike McCarthy even said that he had a good game. I like what I saw from Terrence Steele outside of the penalties. You know, he's a young player. He's getting his feet wet still, but I like Terrence Steele. Obviously, Zach Martin, Hall of Fame player, still playing at a very high level. Tower Biotic had a fantastic game. Now, when you put Jason Peters in there, if Jason Peters is the same Jason Peters from Chicago, the same one that we saw a year ago, and then you have Tyler Smith at left guard, I mean, he showed that he could play left tackle in the league. I think the future of your left tackle position is secure. I mean, no matter what you want to do, if let's just say in future drafts, you want to draft a tackle and just have Tyler Smith play guard, I think you'll be perfectly fine going that way. Or if you want to draft a guard and put Tyler Smith at left tackle, I think you'll be fine that way too. Tyler Smith showed that he can at least play left tackle in the league. And maybe when Jason Peters comes back, maybe when he goes to left guard, maybe he shows he can't play left guard. I'm not saying that he won't, but I'm just saying maybe that's the case. Regardless, you still have a solid left tackle on your hands. So I like what I saw from Tyler Smith. Granted, first first uh, game in the NFL going up against Shaquille Barrett. He battled him. He was battling Shaquille Barrett that game. So it feels weird. Like I I, I don't know why I'm I'm talking so positive about some of the stuff this game. Because I, I think the offensive line does deserve a little bit of credit here. I really do. I don't think it was their fault uh, what happened this game. But regardless, as a whole, the offense, don't get it twisted. I might be talking positive. I have my concerns about the offense, no doubt about it. Penalties. Penalties were something as well. We talked about the uh, Terrence Steele. He had three pre-snap penalties and he had the holding penalty. Tyler Smith had the uh, false start. Yeah, the penalties got to get cleaned up. And not only that, it's the offense. And that's why when I talk about this game, I'm strictly talking about the offense. When I say that the offense looked like a mess, I will not say that this team looked like like a mess on Sunday. I won't do that because the defense doesn't deserve that. The defense played their game on Sunday. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. So when I talk about this team, I'm talking strictly about the offense. They're the ones that struggled. And let's be honest, the defense played fantastic. The offense did them no favors on Sunday. And that's a problem. That's definitely a problem. And the penalties were a problem. The Cowboys had 10 penalties on uh, on uh, on Sunday. I know one of them, 
I, I think two of them actually. Two of them were on the special teams. I believe there was a running into the kicker, and then I think that there was like a holding on a kickoff return or something like that. So even still, the penalty, the offense committed eight penalties. I think that Terrence Steele, those those penalties that he committed, the pre-snap ones. Uh, that's going to be an easy fix for them. I'm not too worried about that going forward. Now, if Terrence Steele continues to commit these type of penalties, then yeah, if I if I start to see a trend in Terrence Steele committing these type of penalties, then I'll raise a red flag. Right now, I'm I, I I'm I see it like it's over there. It's definitely a concern, but I'm not going to overreact. Terrence Steele outside of the penalties had a very good game, and. Um, you know, I I will get this offensive line. Again, if you can get that Chicago Bears Jason Peters from last season, once Dak gets back, I, again, I, I hate sounding optimistic because they this offense doesn't deserve me being optimistic about it. Dak Prescott comes back in, what, five weeks? He'll have Gallup. Washington will be on his way back. Maybe they go out there and sign a receiver. I'm going to talk about that later on. And you got this offensive line. I it might be doom and gloom in this game versus Tampa Bay. But if and it's it's all gonna come down to Kellen Moore, right? Because the Cowboys last season had fa- uh, fantastic personnel on the offense. They were they, they they had so much talent on offense, they couldn't get it done. And it's because, like we talked about earlier, Kellen Moore is the problem to this offense right now. I mean, you can put as much talent as you want on that offense. If Kellen Moore's your offensive coordinator at the current moment, that's going to be a problem for you. Let's talk about Tony Pollard a little bit. I thought that he did uh, very well when he was given carries. However, in pass protection, he was flat out awful. And this is why I said Ezekiel Elliott is is your running back number one. And it's the it's it's the things that maybe don't get as much spotlight, like pass protection. There was a play from Devin White where he just literally walked to Dak Prescott and sacked him. Because Tony Power didn't pick up the blitz. You know, it, it's just weird to me. Again, why do you put Tony Power back there in pass protection? It's a third down. It's not like it's not like it's a second down or something like that. Like he was he was having pass protection snaps, uh, you know, on third downs. I mean, everybody knows you're throwing the football. Why is Tony Power in pass protection? Put Ezekiel Elliott out there. He's he's fan he out of all the running backs in the league, Ezekiel it might be the best at pass protection. Why wasn't he in there uh, for some of those reps? It, it should be 100% Ezekiel in that backfield on third downs, on passing downs. 100% of the time. If you want to throw Tony Power out there, that's fantastic. Great. Do your thing. Another thing, you remember this talk, and and and, and I indulged in the talk, so you know I'm not, uh, I'm not saying anything about it, but there was rumors that Tony Power was potentially going to play slot receiver for you. Where was that at? He didn't, I, I don't think did Tony Powered play in the slot. I didn't, I didn't see any snaps where he was playing in the slot. I saw CD get a lot of snaps in the slot. I didn't see Tony Powered get snaps. So yeah, overall offense, it was bad the other night and there's no fans or butts about it. And it comes down to Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore was 100% the guy to blame the other night. And I think the Cowboys, at least on offense for right now, they have a problem on their hands because now they're going to have Cooper Rush as their quarterback. Do we believe in Cooper Rush? I mean, I believe in Cooper Rush to maybe win a game or two. I mean, when you look at the next five games, 
for the Cowboys. Let's just, I know Jerry Jones came out on 105.3, the fan and talked about Dak Prescott returning uh, within the next four weeks. And we'll talk about that. I, I'll talk about that later in the show, but um, it, let's just say we look out five games ahead of, uh, ahead of the schedule. How many wins do you think you can get uh, with Cooper Rush as your quarterback? I see a few wins. I see a few wins from Cooper, uh, from Cooper Rush. I see New York. I think that's a winnable game. I understand they just beat uh, Tennessee, and that's great for them. But I, I, I think that they can beat them. I think they can beat Tennessee. Uh, I think they are not Tennessee. I think they can beat uh, New York. I think they can beat Washington as well. And I think that they can beat Philly. Like if if Cooper Rush goes into Philly, I think they can he he can beat them as well. I mean, when you have this defense. It's 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 fair game for anybody, to be honest with you. I mean, this defense is fantastic. If they can hold teams to under 20 points like they did tonight, you know, hopefully Kellen Moore makes some adjustments to this offense. You can win some games. But, you know, we'll talk about the Cincinnati game tomorrow. I don't think they're going to win that game, you know. So looking out in the future here, I think that three – Three winnable games are uh, Washington, New York, and Philly. I think you can win all three of those games, uh, even with Cooper Rush as your quarterback. So, you know, the offense is going to have to make some adjustments. And unfortunately, it's not going to be with number four as their quarterback. So that could potentially be a problem for them. Let's talk about the defense. Micah Parsons, man. <laughs> Micah Parsons, two sacks. Two sacks. That, that, that That's big time. Micah Parsons is really good. Uh, he's going to be a staple of this defense going forward. And that's one bright spot. You have to look towards the future here with a guy like Micah Parsons. And you have to project. I mean, this kid might end up being the best player, best defensive player in the game in the next few years. So he played great. And like when you look at Tampa Bay's offense, right? You know, Brady looked good in that first drive. I think he was six for eight or six for seven or something like that. He was completing a very high percentage of his throws. And then as the game went on, their passing attack started going downhill and going downhill and going downhill. And I think that had to do with the fact that the Cowboys pass rush is formidable and it starts with Micah Parsons. And then you look at guys like, Demarcus Lawrence and Dorrance Armstrong and whoever it may be, Sam Williams, even though he didn't get many snaps tonight, Terrell Basham, Dante Fowler. They're going to be able to get after the quarterback this season. And it all starts with number 11, Micah Parsons. Let's look at the defensive line. I thought the defensive line showed some promise in this game, definitely. I don't think they had a perfect game by any means. Um, but I also thought that they did good enough. You know, like when you look at the... Uh, when you look at the interior of that defensive line, you have Oso Digizua, you have uh, Chauncey Golston, Quentin Bohanna, Neville Gallimore. I thought they played very well uh, the other night. And they're young too. They're all very young. So this is going to be your defensive line for a little bit here going forward. And they're only going to continue to get better and continue to get stronger. And, can, you know, they're going to keep getting these offseason programs. And I mean, when you look at what Tampa Bay was doing, running the football, a lot of their big plays came from the perimeter, from them running uh, to the perimeter, not through the interior. So I think that that's something that Cowboys fans can look at and 
feel optimistic about. I believe in this defensive line, and I think that they are going to uh, be a big part in this uh, team's success going forward. So I'm feeling good about the defensive line, no doubt about that. Um, they they were playing this bend don't break type of uh, style, but here's the problem, right? Like when you're getting bad field position at on defense. That's not a good thing. And the offense kept putting them in that situation by going three and out, three and out, three and out, three and out. Or, hey, we get a first down, we get it called back, and then, you know, maybe we get another first down. Offense didn't do the defense any favors. Uh, quick drives, and they were back on the field, the defense. But to only hold Tampa Bay to 19 points, they did a fantastic job. Uh, offense did them no favors. I just talked about that. They did them no favors, and that was a problem in this game. And, I mean, to only let up 19 points after the type of situations that the offense was putting you in, I think that you got to hold your hat on that. Did you know that the Cowboys didn't have a single penalty on defense? That's fantastic. That's really good. First game of the season, you have that much discipline on the defensive side of the football to not have a single penalty. That's a step in the right direction. And that just shows you the type of job that Dan Quinn does. Like, you know, I, I I hate talking about this, but when you look at the Cowboys potentially getting a new head coach next season, I know people are going to talk about Sean Payton. I think that the, the list should start with Dan Quinn. And he showed you what he did with that defense. You know, you're struggling with penalties on the offense. If you can get Dan Quinn to mirror that same thing for the offense, maybe not zero penalties. Cause I mean, that's just unrealistic and it's unrealistic to think that the defense isn't going to, is going to have zero penalties going forward, but it shows you that that's a disciplined unit and look, I mean, this is one of the league's best defenses. You know, I watched a lot of the games on Sunday. I walked away looking at the Cowboys defense as a top five unit on week one. And I think they have the personnel to do it. I think that outside of Micah Parsons, there's still a real, there's still a good defense. You add Micah Parsons to the mix, that's a great defense. They have one of the best defenses in the league. And, and that's why, like, we're going to get into it in the uh, uh, overreaction, not overreaction part. That's why I still think the Cowboys can make a run at winning the division here. It's because of that defense. When you have a unit that that's, that's that special with a defensive coordinator that that's that special with a player on your defense, that's going to finish top three in defensive player of the year voting might even win defensive player of the year. Yeah. You're going to win football games. If you play the type of defense that they played yesterday. And like I said, uh, you're not going to play many quarterbacks better than Brady. Matter of fact, I think that Tom Brady is the best quarterback in the league. You're not going to play another quarterback as good as Tom Brady. So take that into account. Uh, when you're looking for things to be optimistic about going forward with this team, you're not going to play a, a quarterback like Tom Brady going forward. And you held him to 212 yards and going forward. Like I know in this upcoming game against the Bengals, they have Joe Burrow and I'm not saying Joe Burrow is as good as Tom Brady. Cause he's not, but they have very similar uh, skill sets. We'll talk about that tomorrow, but like going forward, you know, maybe Stafford, Rodgers, maybe, but there's not a quarterback that's going to light you up. Like there's not like a Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes on this schedule going forward. So 
Tony allowed Tom Brady to 212 yards over the air and Andy threw an interception as well. Yeah. I'm excited to see what the uh, defense has in store going forward. They had a very good game on Sunday, which is why when I talk about uh, the Cowboys playing bad on Sunday, I make sure to always preference it. It's the Cowboys offense that played bad because this defense doesn't deserve that because they had their back the entire game. And by the end of the game, I mean, look, Dan Quinn said it, that defense was ready to go another 20, uh, you know, another 20 minutes. Whatever, whatever he said, I know it was 20 minutes or maybe two quarters or whatever uh, he said. They said, he said that they weren't finished when they left the field. And that's something to be optimistic about, no doubt about it. The pass uh, rush started to get to Tom Brady. It definitely did. And like we talked about earlier, um, like we talked about earlier, Brady in that first possession, he looked perfectly fine. And then once the rush started getting to him, he wasn't the same guy. He was getting the ball out of his hands a lot quicker than he was. He wasn't necessarily accurate on those throws. You know, so I think that that's something that you need to be optimistic about going forward. This defense, they had a good game. So there's that rough performance uh, by the offense this past Sunday. I don't think the season's over. Uh, you know, I know a lot of people are going to be talking about that, but I think that um, that's something that you can hang your hat on and be optimistic about. Overall, it was a bad game to watch. It was a rough game to watch. You want to know what? I went and rewatched this game, and it actually, if you're going to go back and rewatch this game, I promise you it's not as bad as you think. Because, like, I, I was watching the offense. I'm like, all right, can the offense just get off the field so I can watch this defense some more? I mean, it's not an overreaction. Uh the praise that this defense is getting. They played very well. Okay. So before we get into the rest of the episode, I want to take this time to thank our sponsors, Thrive Fantasy. We are streaming this uh this live stream at the Thrive Fantasy Live Studio. I just want to thank those guys for partnering with the Cowboys Beat. Come prop up on Thrive Fantasy this NFL season. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports and esports app for player props. With Thrive, you can eliminate the countless hours of research and focus on only the top-tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. Choose 10 out of the 20 available player props to build your lineup. Each prop is assigned a fantasy value for both the over and under based on how likely it is to hit. Hit the most props and rack up the most points to win a share of the prize pool. Use promo code CowboysBeat when you sign up today and you will receive a 100% instant deposit, uh, instant first deposit match up to $100. Down, download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Play Store by visiting their website, www.thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop up today. Okay, so let's go over some uh, picks through Thrive Fantasy going into Sunday's game. We're not going to go over uh, the Cowboys game yet because I don't believe they posted any of their uh, you know, house props for that game on Sunday. So they have a contest going on for week two of the NFL season. This is my lineup. I got Mark Andrews over five and a half receptions. Carson Wentz over one and a half total passing yards against the Detroit Lions. I think that that's very likely to hit. Baker Mayfield. Now, this is one that can go either way, right? Because you can look at Baker Mayfield and say, hey, maybe he cleans things up in game two against the New York Giants. I know the New York Giants are coming off a big win against Tennessee. I took the over on this. I think he'll throw at least one interception on this game because that's just Baker Mayfield. Saquon Barkley uh, over under uh, 
0.1 rushing touchdowns. I'm going to take the over on that. Amari Cooper over 0.5 receiving touchdowns for the Browns. They're playing against the New York Jets. I don't know, man. Sauce Gardner looked good. Sauce Gardner looked good in his debut, but I'll, but I'll give Cooper one. I think that's a, you know, I think that's a safe bet. I mean, you're going to get 125 points for that. Why not do it? Matt Ryan over under um, 230 and a half passing yards. They play Jacksonville. I'm going to take the over on that. Uh, this one, I think that you're going to have to take advantage of this one because I think this one's definitely going to hit. If they have a house prop for this, I'm going to build a parlay on this. Uh, Debo Samuel, 75 and a half total yards, rushing and receiving yards against Seattle. I'm going to take the over on that. I'm hammering the over on that. Cooper Cup. Now, this is one you can get aggressive on because you, you're going to get 125 points for this. Cooper Cup versus Atlanta. They're playing Atlanta on Sunday. Over 105 and a half total receiving yards. I'm going to take the over on that. I think that uh, he's, he's going to smoke the Atlanta Falcons. I understand he's playing against A.J. Terrell. He's most likely going to be lined up against him. I don't care. Cooper Cup is a fantastic player. Devontae Adams, I'm going to take over six and a half total receptions. I think he's the best receiver on that team without a doubt. I mean, he's the best receiver in the league, uh, in my opinion. He's playing Arizona. Arizona's coming off a bad loss, especially with the way uh, those receivers played in that uh, game against Arizona with Patrick Mahomes. Definitely look for Devontae Adams to have over six and a half receptions. I feel really good about that. Aaron Jones versus Chicago. They're playing the Chicago Bears, one of the worst teams in the league. I understand they got a big win against San Francisco the other day. Aaron Jones, over 70 and a half rushing plus receiving yards. I'm hammering the over on this. Hammering the over. And then for my ice picks, I have pretty much what ice picks are is if, let's just say somebody gets injured, one of your ice picks fills in. Mike Evans over 65 and a half receiving yards against New Orleans. I'll take the over on that. Russell Wilson, two and a half, uh, two and a half passing touchdowns plus interceptions versus Houston. I'm going to take the over on that as well. So that is my lineup for uh, this Sunday for Thrive Fantasy. Make sure to go check out the description. It would really help out the channel. Those guys have been nothing but great to me. So I really appreciate it. Let's go through some chats here. Uh, let's check the chat out. See what we're working with. Answer some uh, comments in the chat. How many wins do you think Cooper Rush can give us? I think he can give us three wins. Ken. Not predicting three wins. I, I'm saying can give us three wins. If you're telling me those games come against Washington, New York, and Philly, I think that those are all winnable games, even with Cooper Rush as your quarterback. Um. Doesn't matter if Dak comes back. Offense is going to be whack as long as Callum Moore's calm plays. This is 2010 all over again. You want to know what? Uh, I think that when Dak comes back, yes, there will be talent on this offense because by that time, like I said earlier, Gallup will be back. James Washington will be on the way back. So there you, you have a very solid um, one, two, three punch there at the receiver position with CD Lamb, Michael Gallup, James Washington. You'll be able to make things happen with that receiver court, no doubt in my mind. And then you have the offensive line pieces that you're going to get back. But no, you're absolutely right. If Kellen Moore doesn't make adjustments, he's not going to have a job at the end of the season. There's, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. But we got to ask ourselves this. Do we believe that 
because of this injury to Dak Prescott that he might have prolonged his time with the Cowboys. Like Kellen Moore and Mike McCarthy, I think, could prolong their time with the Cowboys based on this injury. So that's something that we have to take into account. And it's not something that I want to think about. Like, I, I just, I hope they turn things around. I hope they turn things around and I hope the Cowboys win a Super Bowl and they don't even have to discuss firing Mike McCarthy. But we're going to, we're going to live in reality here. I'm not predicting that to happen. And yeah, there's going to be question marks around Mike McCarthy pretty much all, all season, no doubt about it. And, and rightfully so, uh, rightfully there should. What are the Cowboys going to do about Dak Prescott? Dak Prescott will not be going to the IR. Jerry Jones announced today on 105.3 of the fan that uh, Dak could potentially return within the, uh, the next four games. But then there was a tweet from Ed Warder that said that the reason why the Cowboys chose not to put him on IR is based on the fact that they want to get him practice reps before he comes back. So, that's that's a little weird because I mean there are a lot of guys on this like they're gonna have to make a tough cut to keep Dak Prescott on this team, which is why I actually think that Dak Prescott could come back within four games. I understand that Jerry Jones talks a lot, and sometimes some of the things that Jerry Jones says doesn't really matter, and it's just idle threats or you know idle, idle sayings, whatever it may be. But I I'm looking at their actions, not putting him on IR. That's a big deal. That's a big deal because now you're gonna have to cut somebody that you don't want to cut because you're going to have to promote Will Greer from the practice squad. So what are the Cowboys going to do at quarterback with Dak Prescott out? I think it's simple. You just got to play Cooper Rush and hope for the best. You know, there are people talking about Cam Newton potentially going to the Cowboys. I don't see it. I don't see it. I mean, you heard problems in New England with Cam Newton, you know, taking in the playbook. I mean, you're, you're going to sign Cam Newton and it might take him a week or two to learn the playbook before it's time for him to go play. Are you sure about that? Like, do you, do you actually want that? Because if Dak Prescott is going to return within four weeks, then it's going to be all for nothing signing Cam Newton. And when you have a quarterback like Cam Newton, that's not used to being the backup on a team. You know, I'm not saying that he might be a headache with them because of their ad, his attitude, because I, I, I don't subscribe to this notion that Cam Newton has attitude problems. But when you have a quarterback that's so used to getting as much time as he did on the field to make him a backup, you're you're running a risk there. And I don't think Cam Newton's necessarily interested in being a backup. So I think that that option's out the window. People are talking about Colin Kaepernick. Now, look, here's my thing with Colin Kaepernick. Whatever your political stance are, I, I, I really don't care. It's a free country. Believe in what you want to believe in. Um, but we have to talk about Colin Kaepernick in a – Serious light here. He played in 2016. That was his last season. 20, I believe it was 2015, 2016. He didn't look that he didn't look good that season. I mean, let's let's be hundred percent honest here. If Colin Kaepernick was that great of a quarterback, then he'd be in the NFL right now. And it wouldn't matter his political stance. There's plenty of athletes that make political stances. Like LeBron James makes political stances. You think the NBA is going to cut ties with him? There's NFL players that make political stances, whatever the uh, pro, whatever, it doesn't matter. Colin Kaepernick's not a good quarterback. You wouldn't be a good quarterback for the Cowboys either. I mean, like 
It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Kyle, Kyle and Kaepernick will not be the quarterback for the Cowboys. They're not going to do it. And not only that, I mean, like, again, whatever you think of Colin Kaepernick and his political stances, again, you're free to think whatever you want to think. That's going to bring a lot of attention on the Cowboys. And if Dak Prescott's only out for four weeks, do you want that type of attention coming to the Cowboys? I don't think so. Not for a backup quarterback who hasn't played since 2015, 2016. And again, wasn't very good because if he was any good, he'd be on an NFL roster right now. But the last time we saw Colin Kaepernick play, he wasn't very good. And that's the bottom line when it comes to potentially signing a quarterback. I think that Cooper Rush right now is probably better than Colin Kaepernick. And I say that because Colin Kaepernick hasn't played in six years, six going on seven years. So I'm not interested in, in bringing in Colin Kaepernick to this team. Has nothing to do with his political stances. Again, I really don't care about that. Okay, so the Cowboys are going to stick it out with Cooper Rush. They're going to uh, they're going to run the ball a lot going forward. Hopefully they commit to the run going forward. And that's what it's going to be. I mean, that's just what it's going to be going forward. Cooper Rush is going to be your quarterback for the next at least three to five games. So defense has got to play good. Like Micah Parsons said in his press conference the other day, if the offense doesn't score, that's fine. We'll go score. It's time. Mike, I'm not saying this in a tough guy manner, but let's back up that talk. Definitely. Because the offense is going to need it. No doubt in my mind. Okay, let's get into overreaction, not overreaction. I have about five things that we're going to talk about. The season is over. This is an overreaction. I'm not going to say this after one game. Okay, like when you look back to that season when Dak Prescott got injured back in 2020, that was a bad football team with Dak Prescott on the field. I mean, like Dak Prescott did his thing that season. That defense was atrocious. Not only was that defense atrocious, no help was on the way. Like when you look at this offense going forward, help is on the way for this offense. You're going to get a Michael Gallup back. You're going to get a James Washington. Uh, Jason Peters is going to play for you. Like there is help on the way with this offense. Dak Prescott will be back in four or five weeks, whatever it may be. There's help on the way for this offense. Back in 2020, the weak point of this team was the defense, and there wasn't any help coming for that defense. And there are a lot of injuries on that offensive line. That season was a complete and utter mess. I don't think that it's it's that type of season for the Cowboys. I really don't. Like, if the Cowboys went out here and played a mediocre football team and got blown out, then yes, I would, you know, I would lean more towards that opinion. This season's far from over. They have 16 more games left. I feel completely confident that the Cowboys, when they get Dak Prescott back and they get these weapons back, granted, you know, health is a big standpoint. It's, it's, it's something to talk about uh, when it comes to that. We could be looking at a 2018-2019 situation where they won like, what, 10 games straight or something like that. That could definitely be in the cards for the Cowboys going forward. So I don't think that this season is over. The Cowboys are in trouble. This, however, is not an overreaction. Yes, the Cowboys are in trouble. And look, the defense can play as great as it does, and, and they played great. But if the offense isn't putting points on the board and the defense isn't able to turn the ball over and score on defense, yeah, you're going to be in trouble. Now, I'm not going to go crazy and overreact and say that the offense 
is just going to be bad this season. They were bad on Sunday night. And if they go forward with the personnel that they have on the outside with Noah Brown and uh, Dennis Houston uh, with CD Lamb, CD, I think CD Lamb's really good. And I think Dalton Schultz is really good. But outside of those two, with those players that you have on the outside, yeah, I think that you're in trouble if you don't make adjustments. Certainly, it's not an overreaction to say that they're in trouble. Doc is not the guy. This is an overreaction, flat out overreaction. We heard, I'm going to go back to the Devin White uh, comment. The offense is predictable. He literally just told you that. And the rest of the league is going to know that. But I mean, when you look at the, the personnel that they trotted out there and the play calling that Kellen Moore put forward and you're, you know, Doc deserves some blame. Definitely. Like there were some throws that Doc should have made. No doubt in my mind. Absolutely. I 100% agree with that. But I'm not going to sit here and say that Dak's not the guy based off one game. Because I've seen Dak in big games. I understand this was a big game, but I've seen Dak in big games show out before. And I think that Dak's a fantastic quarterback, and I'm not going to judge him based off this one game. I think the front office needs to do more to help Dak Prescott. That's not an overreaction. But to say that Dak's not the guy, yeah, that's an overreaction. Definitely, 100% an overreaction. Um, overreaction, not overreaction. Dak Prescott is injury prone. Now, I'm not, I think that this isn't an overreaction. It's not. Now, what I will say is I'm not going to call Dak Prescott flat out injury prone, but I'm not going to call him durable either. So he's somewhere in the middle there. He's just... I, you know, he's, he's leaning more towards injury prone. I mean, the injuries are starting to add up. You had the ankle injury. That was a freak injury. Then you had the shoulder strain in training camp. You had the calf strain last season. You have what's going on with his hand this season. Oh yeah. And by the way, apparently that ankle issue that Dak Prescott had last week was a lot bigger than the Cowboys were leading on. Surprise, surprise. Jay Glazer said that his ankle popped in the same ankle where, um, he had that horrific injury a few years ago. So I don't think it's an overreaction to say that Dak Prescott's injury prone. I'm starting to lean that way. I'm not going to outright say that he is because I mean, it is in different parts of his body outside of that ankle. Now we're looking at two issues that he had with his ankle, but no, it's not an overreaction. CD lamb isn't a wide receiver. Number one, it's, it's, uh, it's an overreaction. I think this is an overreaction. I think that this was just a good team that the Cowboys played against who heavily focused on C.D. Lamb so much to the extent that it was going to be impossible for him to get anything going. Now, there were plays that C.D. Lamb just flat out missed on. There was a ball that he had uh, that he that he should have caught. You know, he had to adjust to make the catch. But, hey, look, wide receiver number ones make that play. Big-time wide receivers in this league make that play. And he didn't make that play. And that was a problem. But I mean, overall, and, and and he did have that pass interference uh, where I really didn't like his body language after he got called for the pass interference. So I'm looking at that. Like there are some things that you have to look at and pay some serious attention to. But I think that it's it's an overreaction that C.D. Lamb uh, isn't a wide receiver number one. Overreaction, not overreaction. Kellen Moore should give up play calling. It's not an overreaction. But when I say this, that does not mean that Mike McCarthy should be calling plays. I talked about it earlier in the show. There was a report that came out from Brian Broadus, a very credible 
reporter within the Cowboys, uh, within the Cowboys world, said that Mike McCarthy doesn't even know the terminology of this offense. That's a problem. That is that is a big time problem. So I think that Kellen Moore should continue to call plays because who else is going to call plays? Unless you fire Kellen Moore and you get Nussmeyer, I think the the guy's name is, um, to call plays that I think that's going to be the only person calling plays for the Cowboys. I don't think it's an overreaction though that people are thinking like that because that was a very bad performance from Kellen Moore and the offense the other day. Okay. So that is going to be it for Cowboys beat tonight. I just want to thank you guys for coming out. Make sure to follow me on all my social media accounts, Cowboys beat on TikTok, Twitch, Twitter, Instagram, uh, YouTube, whatever it may be. Make sure to go find me over there. Make sure if you're listening to the audio version of this, make sure to leave me a five-star review. I greatly appreciate that. And check out my merch line on bonfire.com. I think you guys would really enjoy it. And until next time, I'll see you guys later. Thank you for listening to the audio version of Cowboys Beat tonight. To watch the show live, go to Cowboys Beat on YouTube and Twitch every Tuesday and Wednesday at 8 p.m. Central Time. Make sure to rate the show five stars.